This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Today marks the 100th episode of the monthly District Attorney Show, heard the first Friday of each month exclusively on News Radio WGNS. Your host, J. Paul Newman, will now take you on a journey to explore recent Rutherford County court cases, cold cases, and more. We welcome everyone to the program. My co-host is Rutherford County District Attorney General Jennings Jones. This is our 100th broadcast. As we look back on those 100 shows, we want to thank Bart Walker and WGNS for providing us with the airtime. And we also thank our producer, Scott Walker. Most of all, we thank you for listening. This broadcast is dedicated to informing the public of criminal activity in our community. And the broadcast has a special focus on asking for our fellow citizens for help in solving cold case homicides. Today, in our Inside the Court segment, District Attorney General Jennings Jones will tell you about recent and upcoming grand jury, general sessions, and circuit court activity. In our Call to Conviction segment, Former District Attorney General Bill Weitzel and I will revisit the case that was so instrumental in showing the need and the effectiveness of a well-trained cold case investigation unit. The case is the 1984 murder of MTSU student Laura Salmon. Bill will also look at the important role that the Laura Salmon case has played in our criminal justice system. With us today to discuss the Laura Salmon case will be the two original members of the Cold Case Investigation Unit. We will be welcoming to our microphones retired Rutherford County Sheriff's Detective Major Bill Sharp. And we will also welcome Bill's partner for many years, Sergeant Dan Goodwin. They will provide you with a behind-the-scenes look at the investigation and the trial that followed. We will begin the broadcast after you listen to these important messages. Today marks the 100th episode of the monthly District Attorney Show, heard exclusively on News Radio WGNS, the first Friday of each month. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. My name is Antoinette Van Zelm, and I would like to invite you to become a member of the Friends of Limebaugh Library. For 40 years, the Friends Group has been supporting Rutherford County Libraries. In 2021, despite the pandemic, we raised more than $31,000 for Limebaugh Library, the Myrtle Glanton Lord Library at Patterson Park, and the New Technology Engagement Center. Our funds supported the summer and winter reading programs 
the Pen Pals program that brings children's book authors to schools, and the popular Bookmobile. To support the libraries, we raise funds through annual membership dues and book sales. We have eight different membership levels, including a brand new educators membership for $15 a year. To join, email us at follintheborough at gmail.com or simply come into the library and get a membership form from the circulation desk. Once you join, you will receive our quarterly e-newsletter, access to two members-only book sales each year, and an invitation to our annual local author event. Be sure to follow Friends of Limebaugh Library on Facebook. We look forward to your support. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. This is Inside the Courts. A look at this month's trials, pleas, and grand jury action. Inside the Courts is presented as a courtesy of the Rutherford County Clerk's Office. District Attorney General Jennings Jones will tell you about recent and upcoming grand jury, general sessions, and circuit court activity. In this segment, I will be your tour guide as I take you inside the courts. We begin this segment by stating that none of the defendants named in upcoming trials or hearings have been convicted, and of course, they are presumed by our law to be innocent. With that as a prelude, we will now go inside the courts. The following cases are currently set in General Sessions Court. Khalil Smith is presently incarcerated at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center on charges of second-degree murder and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. He is represented by counsel Mr. Michael Offinger. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. This matter is presently scheduled for a preliminary hearing on April the 6th of this year. Apollo Cantrell is presently incarcerated at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center on charges of second-degree murder in possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. He is represented by Murfreesboro attorney Will Fraley. This matter is presently scheduled for a preliminary hearing on February the 7th of this year. Erwin Odom is currently incarcerated at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center on charges of first-degree murder. He is represented by Murfreesboro attorney Mr. Josh Crane. This matter is scheduled for a court date on March the 28th of this year. Myron Jenkins is currently incarcerated at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center on charges of first-degree murder and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. He is represented by counsel Mr. Michael Rexrote. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. This matter appears in court today, February the 4th, 2022. Cases scheduled to be presented to the Rutherford County Grand Jury include the following. On February the 6th of last year, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting resulting in the death of 21-year-old Giovanni Gillis at a residence on Ewing Boulevard. Detective Cody Thomas has been assigned as lead investigator. Upon conclusion of Detective Thomas's investigation, Larry Johnson has been charged with first-degree murder. Following a preliminary hearing in the General Sessions Court, on May 5th of last year, the case was bound over and awaits presentment to the grand jury. Mr. Johnson is represented by counsel Mr. Michael Flanagan and currently remains incarcerated at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center. Presently awaiting trial or court dates in circuit court include the following. On June 27th of 2018, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting on Old Las Casas Pike. 
Upon arrival, officers located Dylan Biddle Jr., who had sustained multiple gunshot wounds. Mr. Biddle later died from his injuries. Officers were also contacted about an unknown male that had been shot attempting to get into vehicles at Rees Rogers Elementary School. That male was later identified as Albert Mustafa. Detective Doug Arrington with the Murfreesboro Police Department was assigned as lead investigator. Multiple witnesses were interviewed and evidence was collected on the scene. Upon conclusion of the detective's investigation, it was determined that Mr. Mustafa and Devante James went to a residence on Old Las Casas with the intent to commit a robbery. Mr. Biddle was a guest at that residence. Mr. Mustafa and Mr. James entered the residence and attempted to rob Mr. Biddle. During the course of the attempted robbery, Mr. Biddle was shot and killed. Mr. Biddle was able to return fire, and Mr. Mustafa sustained a gunshot wound as a result. Mr. Mustafa and Mr. James were charged with first-degree felony murder, aggravated robbery, employing a weapon during the commission of a dangerous felony, and conspiracy to commit the same. Mr. Mustafa is represented by Murfreesboro attorney Mr. Thomas Parkerson. Mr. James is represented by counsel Mr. Rusty Perkins. The state will be represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. Both defendants have a court date on February the 9th of this year. On October the 24th of 2020, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting that occurred at the intersection of North Tennessee Boulevard and Stonewall Boulevard. Officers discovered the body of Mr. Blake Bolton, who was the victim of two gunshot wounds. Detective Albert Miles was assigned as lead investigator. Detective Miles has charged Mr. Gilliam with the first-degree murder of Mr. Bolton. Following a preliminary hearing on March 23rd of 2021, the case was bound over to the grand jury. Mr. Gilliam remains in the custody of the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center. A Rutherford County grand jury indicted Mr. Gilliam for the first-degree murder of the victim, especially aggravated robbery, burglary to an automobile, possession of meth with the intent to distribute, employment of a weapon during the commission of a dangerous felony, and conspiracy to commit the same. Mr. Gilliam is represented by counsel, Mr. Jeff Burton. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. The next scheduled court date is February the 9th of this year. The following cases are currently set for trial. On May 16th of 2017, the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to reports of multiple gunshots in the area of Gateway Apartments. Witnesses reported seeing a black male fleeing the area on foot. Additionally, a gunshot victim, Kendrick Love was located in front of one of the apartment buildings. Mr. Love later died from the injuries sustained. Witnesses on scene established that the victim went to meet an individual for the purposes of selling marijuana. Additional witnesses identified the individual as Tayshawn Patterson, who matched the description of the male seen running on foot just after the shooting. Detective Doug Arrington was assigned as the lead investigator in this case and at the conclusion of his investigation, it was determined that Mr. Patterson went to the alleged marijuana deal armed with a firearm and with the intent to rob the victim. Mr. Patterson has been charged with first-degree murder and attempted aggravated robbery. He is represented by counsel Mr. Kyle Parks. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. This matter is scheduled for trial to begin on February the 22nd of this year. On June 26th of 2019, deputies with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department responded to a residence on Walnut Grove Road. 
Mr. Terry Barber was found deceased on the floor with hands and feet bound together. Lead investigator Detective Steve Brown has charged three individuals, Devon Gailey, Brent Ross, and Vernice Ferrar with first-degree murder, especially aggravated kidnapping, aggravated robbery, aggravated burglary, and fraudulent use of a debit card. Following a preliminary hearing in the General Sessions Court of Rutherford County, the cases were bound over to the grand jury. In June of 2020, the Rutherford County Grand Jury returned a true bill against all three defendants. Devon Gailey is represented by counsel Mr. Luke Evans. On January 20th of this year, Mr. Gailey entered a plea of guilty to felony murder and especially aggravated kidnapping. He received a life sentence with the possibility of parole and a concurrent 25-year sentence. Brent Ross is represented by counsel Mr. Mike Jones. Vernice Farrar is represented by counsel Ms. Amanda Gentry. A trial is scheduled for the dates of March 21st through the 25th of this year. I will be representing the state in this matter, assisted by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On March 31st of 2019, the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a residence on Sunset Avenue. Once inside, officers discovered the body of Judith Montmire. Mrs. Montmire had been stabbed multiple times, resulting in her death. Upon conclusion of the investigation, lead investigator Detective Jacob Fountain with the Murfreesboro Police Department charged Mr. Montmire with the first-degree murder of his wife, Mrs. Montmire. Mr. Montmire appeared before the General Sessions Court of Rutherford County, and following a preliminary hearing, the court bound the matter over for presentation to the grand jury. In November of 2019, a grand jury returned a true bill against Mr. Montmire for first-degree murder. Mr. Montmire last appeared before the Circuit Court of Rutherford County on May 13th of last year. Mr. Montmire is represented by Murfreesboro Council Mr. Ben Wetzel. He remains in custody and awaits a trial beginning May 9th of this year. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorneys Trevor Lynch and Dana Miner. On April the 9th of 2020, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a residence on North Rutherford Boulevard in response to a shooting resulting in the death of Mr. Stephen Lopez, Jr. Lead investigator Detective Richard Presley with the Murfreesboro Police Department has charged Mr. James E. Evans III with the second-degree murder of Mr. Lopez. Mr. Evans waived his right to a preliminary hearing and bound his case over to the grand jury. In March of last year, a grand jury returned a true bill against Mr. Evans. Mr. Evans is represented by Murfreesboro attorney Mr. John Mitchell III, and the state is represented by Trevor Lynch. The case is currently set for trial starting June 20th, scheduled to run through the 23rd of this year. On July 26, 2020, deputies with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department responded to the residence of Mr. Eric Bixler. Upon arrival, deputies found Mr. Bixler deceased as a result of multiple stab wounds. A female companion of Mr. Bixler advised deputies two armed men attacked Mr. Bixler and held her at gunpoint while they searched the premises. The female heard Mr. Bixler being tortured by his assailants. Detective Ty Downing was assigned as lead investigator. Following the detective's investigation, Mr. Christopher White and Christopher Robinson, both from Kentucky, were charged with first-degree murder, especially aggravated kidnapping, especially aggravated robbery, aggravated burglary, use of a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and tampering with evidence. 
After a preliminary hearing in the General Sessions Court, the cases were bound over to the grand jury. In March of last year, a true bill was returned against both defendants. A trial is scheduled for August 1st through August 5th of this year. In this case, the state will be represented by myself and Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. And that will conclude today's look inside the courts. Today marks the 100th episode of the monthly District Attorney Show, heard exclusively on News Radio WGNS the first Friday of each month. By growing up in the restaurant business and being always around it, it was just something that was just second nature to me. I didn't realize the amount of work that was involved in it. I, I didn't understand and appreciate all that my parents sacrificed in order to provide for us. And now I'm very thankful and, I, and I'm very appreciative of the foundation that they laid for me so we could teach others to create what they have done to make it more of a legacy than just a passing of the torch. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. If I could talk to the animals. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. One of the best things about coming to Animal City is the knowledgeable and caring staff. Animal City offers gift cards in any denomination. When you stop in to see us at Animal City, make sure to explore all two stories of our wonderful pets and pet supplies. This is Amanda inviting your family to come in and do business with my family. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. United States Army, 1967, and I got out in 1969. In this salute, we talked to a veteran who fought in the Vietnam War. My base pay was $81 when I went into the Army, and they said if you go to jump school and jump out of the airplanes, we'll pay you an additional $55. I said, wow, that's what I chose to do. We're talking with Russell Ashton. Of course, it was a lot of good training. I mean, we're talking about getting physically fit. And I'm sure boot camp was a whole lot different back then compared to today. Oh, it's a different world. It sure is. You're a veteran who served during a wartime. The average citizen, I don't think they understand what that means. I don't think they understand what things you may have seen. And it's hard to even comprehend when you start to think about it. That's right. I just I think about it all the time. No one has ever looked through my eyes and no one has ever worn my boots. I guess that's hard for other people to understand. People here in the great America don't have a clue what's going on in the world. They're just standing around in the dark in broad open daylight. What was life like after you got out of Vietnam and came back home? I immediately went to work due to the fact of how my parents raised me up. I thank God every day for the way that my mother and father raised me up. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. In this Call to Conviction segment, we will highlight the case that under the guidance of former Rutherford County Sheriff Truman Jones, provided the impetus to establish the Cold Case Investigation Unit within the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. It is also the case that with the help of Bart Walker, served as the motivation to create this monthly radio broadcast, it is appropriate that on this, our 100th special broadcast, 
that we revisit this special case. It was the first case to be featured on our very first broadcast. The case is the 1984 cold case murder of MTSU student Laura Salmon. We invite you to join us now on this, our special 100th edition of From Call to Conviction. From Call to Conviction. Time now for a look back at one of the more intriguing and important cases for this community. From the crime, the investigation, to the prosecution. In this Call to Conviction segment, we will highlight a case that shows the dedication and perseverance of law enforcement. And this case shows that a killer can still be brought to justice even after more than 25 years have passed following the murder. It was May the 31st, 1984, when 18-year-old MTSU student Laura Salmon was brutally murdered. To discuss this case, Bill Weitzel and I have two very special guests. First, retired Rutherford County Sheriff's Department Detective Major Bill Sharp. And we also have Bill's former partner, Sergeant Dan Goodwin. I now turn the microphone over to former District Attorney General William C. Weitzel, Jr. Well, Bill, Dan, it's uh, been a long time since we've been together. We had a lot of a lot of good times together and a lot of moments that were nerve-wracking. It's all because of this one case right here. Bill, I'll ask you first. Laura Salmon was murdered in 1984, May the 31st. And that case went unsolved for a number of years. It got cold. And I know uh, from being in the district attorney's office at that time that it was reviewed numerous times by, by different officers and different assistant DAs that were in the attorney general's office. But what prompted you and Sergeant Goodwin to get involved in a renewed investigation around, I think it was the early 2000s? Well, first of all, it's great to be back. Yep. It's great to be back with, with the three of you because uh, I find those to be the, the highlight of a, a, a good career, and you guys were, were, were the tops. But uh, this particular case is there was a student at Oakland High School <clears throat> who had been talking to a, a fellow student, and a, a teacher overheard a comment with, How'd you like to find out that your father may have killed and tossed a body at a quarry? So that teacher herself got with the SRO and, and it sort of progressed from there. And uh, Sheriff Jones at the time, you know, asked us to look into it and gave us pretty much carte blanche to, to, to run with it and do what we needed. And, you know, I saw Dan and, of course, Dan and I go back a, a long way and asked them and then he assisted on it and we, we, we just took it from there. And as it turned out, of course, uh, Miss Salmon's body was found at the Hoover Rock Quarry or in the vicinity of that rock quarry. She had been uh, beaten to death, uh, blunt force trauma from rocks being hit with rocks. The fact that a quarry was mentioned in the information that the teacher relayed to the sheriff's department was what prompted that. And Dan, that turned out to be uh, information that was not at all relevant to this case. That, that's true, and, and but first we had to go through that and make sure it wasn't, you know, connected. You know, there are other people who've been 
and they're still unsolved too, uh, murders that were dumped into uh, quarries, if you will. But um, first we had to do everything we had to. We got DNA, you had presumptive uh, uh, profiles on the DNA of that family in order to eliminate him as anybody who was at the murder scene. And you know, uh, in the amount of time we have today, of course, we can't go through the whole case. It was very complex. Uh, there were a lot of moving parts. Everyone was re-interviewed. That, uh, that was what really started the re-investigation right. of the case. And, of course, there were technology, uh, DNA technology had progressed to the point. One of the things that, that is still a mystery in this case is that some unknown semen was found on Miss Salmon's body, and to this day we don't know who contributed that. I can remember thinking, how are we going to convict someone when we can't identify this semen? And what we did, because of the work you all did, is we turned that fact into, into the, the motive. Into the motive, exactly. And uh, I'll never forget uh, going to Florida. And if you would tell us, uh, Bill, about our trip to Florida and uh, the arrest of a David Kyle Gilly. Well, you know, as, as Dan and I... Um, got into this case and, and re-interviewed many people. Uh, I'd probably see close to 100, if not more than 100. Um, we felt pretty good about it. And, and we had to convince, obviously, you how good this case was and, and Paul. So once we, we, we felt like we had you trapped in the car and you were able to, to, to review the case, I think you started feeling pretty good about it yourself. But going down to and interviewing Kyle, uh, David Kyle Gilly, the, the suspect on it, is we had talked to him, and we were fortunate because whenever we talked to somebody, we were all, all the suspects in all these cases that we worked. They all spoke to us once, twice, but then they started. So we were able to get information. And what was important is is taking that statement that he had in 1984 that he gave to the TBI uh, and to the sheriff's office, then the statement he gave to uh, Detective Gherkin. Uh, who assisted on a, that case, and then the statement that he gave to Dan and I when we were there, and you had three different stories with three different lies. And as Paul Newman used to tell us, I'd rather have a, a good lie than, than a, a good statement, per se. So uh, taking those statements that he had and, and Dan breaking down and doing a, a timeline and, and, and basically doing a statement analysis, that went a long way. Today marks the 100th episode of the monthly District Attorney Show, heard exclusively on News Radio WGNS, the first Friday of each month. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and better. Time to order your king cake for Mardi Gras. This is Chuck Gandy with Gandy Seafood Company. We offer a variety of flavors. The Gandy Seafood Cajun Market on Memorial Boulevard across from Sportscom. My favorite is pecan praline. For orders, call 615-956-6590. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. 
Don't miss our weekend special. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing. Ends Monday. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Is your current home loan the right fit for you? Near historic low rates may be a great reason to refinance, but when matched with an expertly chosen loan from Loan Depot, you could be saving money and paying more towards the bottom line. Call a Loan Depot loan officer and ask about our 27-year smart term loan or our 10-year arm loan. Get a great rate matched with a great loan by calling 866-888-LOAN or visit LoanDepot.com. At Loan Depot, home means everything. Rates are subject to change. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 174457. Licensed in all 50 states. Welcome back to part two of From Call to Conviction. Dan, if you would, uh, we were just discussing some DNA results. If you would tell us the irony of, of one of the facts in this case about DNA that occurred. Well, it, it always seemed like there was um, divine guidance coming. We've never done this, never took a school on it. Uh, we just, we had been working together when I went there after the narcotics, and every time we worked together, people went to jail. And... Uh, when we started in this, after getting rid of that first uh, thing that got it started, investigating that, um, we went down. We couldn't. We missed him, the bad guy, down in Florida. So we had that detective Gherkin get the sample for us and everything, sending it all in, and we got the DNA results on the 16th anniversary of Laura's murder, almost to the hour. And there's it was filled with coincidences like that. One time we had gone and talked to one witness in Woodbury and we're coming back, going right by that Kroger, the site where that Kroger was. Um, there we were behind a car that said May 31st, that was his custom tag. So it's always been that way. Everything clicked and clicked and clicked and clicked. And we talked to all these people, the young people that nobody talked to back then. And we found so many episodes and, and and that's what made the thing go to sleep in the early 2000s we were waiting to go all the way through the supreme court of the state with all the bad prior acts he'd done yep uh, you, we mentioned she was murdered on may the 31st 1984 at that time she worked at the kroger over on tennessee boulevard mm -hmm. uh, her car was a key part of the evidence to show that it her car had been in the area where her body was found but was taken back to the Kroger parking lot and parked. Obviously, she couldn't have done that. And uh, I think the uh, after the DNA from Florida got back, we went down to Florida, and ultimately on that trip, Mr. Gilly was arrested, and that was in uh, May of the year 2000, uh, almost 18 years mm -hmm. after she had been murdered. Kyle Gilly was indicted in March, March the 4th of 2002, and we started the trial in July, July the 26th of 2006. So that was uh, that was over four years after he'd been indicted, and you mentioned the fact that we had some issues that went all the way to the Tennessee Supreme Court about prior bad acts of Kyle Gilly, threats he'd made, assaults that he had made on her, and uh, really, in that, we established that he had the intent to do harm to her. Um, and it, it, as you mentioned, I'll never forget coming back from Florida. I'm sitting in the back seat of the 
detective car. I've got the file back there going through it and saying to myself, what have you gotten yourself into? <laughs> How are you going to prove this case? But the the further we got along, uh, the more confident I felt. I always felt like we had the right, right person. Without going into this case, I would say because of the success, because as you said, Dan, we didn't know what we were doing in the sense we had never taken any training in cold cases. That led to the creation of the cold case unit at the Sheriff's Department right. yes, under sir. Truman Jones. So, Bill, tell us about that. <laughs> well, after, after, like you said, after the, the Laura Simon case, the, we had multiple cases and, and that were sitting and that just needed a little attention. So we were fortunate, Dan and I were fortunate, to have an administration, you know, uh, Sheriff Jones really supported uh, the concept of doing this, and um, we dedicated our time, and uh, in, in to the credit of, of the other detectives, they picked up our caseload and so forth, and, and we, we worked strictly on cold case. And what we would do, we'd, we'd go back and pull a file, and some of them may have been labeled as um, a suicide or labeled as undetermined and what what our role what we would do is we'd get those case files and would pull out the crime scene photos if if in fact there were any and statements and just look at look at what we had there and then make a determination okay let's let's go with this one that, that's how it really started rolling so just being able to have the the, the, the freedom the time to work those cases because it one it's it's time consuming it's expensive you have to be willing to to be away quite a bit mm -hmm. and uh, do you do you have a number do you know exactly how many cold cases uh, we ultimately brought to to trial was it or six prosecution? or eight? let me see after Laura I had to get my extensive files out here, sir. Sorry about that. Uh, in the next 60 months, we made arrests in five suspects for first-degree murders committed in 1979, 81, 82, 86, and 94, as well as closing a 1989 kidnapping, inter-family kidnapping. We arrested an arrest every 10 to 11 months at that point. And this was in uh, 2011. We compiled just these facts for another thing, but... There's a lot more to it, but yeah. I mean, I mean, certainly it was it was um, it shows you can do it, yeah, and, and do a deep dive with everybody because everybody's ready to talk about bad things they heard yeah. a decade or more ago. You know, I I made the observation. Most people will say, well, advances in technology are the reason that cold cases are solved. That's a big factor. The reason, based on my observations of working with you guys, was that cold cases are solved through a lot of hard work, a lot of interviews with a lot of people, and as you noted, people that at the time may not be willing to talk. Uh, I think we've determined that an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend right, is right. probably the key Solid to girl. solving a lot of these homicides. Because I think Laura, obviously we had DNA on that, but but, but I don't believe as far as DNA is in, uh, involved or concerned, that was the only one that I, that I can remember. Mm -hmm. It's going back. And, and, you know, there's questions, you know, um, who should be able to do interviews and so forth and what, what, what's it take to do. And you have to have people, you know, Dan and I were very fortunate that when we're interviewing somebody, he or I may know just a little bit of something to carry on a conversation with a witness or an ex-wife or, or ex-girlfriend. And, and what we did is we would go and find those people and we would go and talk probably an hour, hour and a half about anything but the case mm -hmm. whether it's motorcycles cooking hunting whatever 
to build a relationship, to build a rapport. And then we'd get into just a little bit about the case, and then we'd leave it to that. Say, listen, just think about it. Uh, we'll get back with you in, in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. We were very fortunate there, and I don't think we ever, and and I would say a hundred percent certain on this, ever had either a suspect or a witness refuse to talk to us at some point. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's a hundred percent right there. And it's just it's just being able to talk to people. You know, uh, suspects, as time goes by, they get more comfortable and they think, well, I, I'm going to mm-hmm. get away with this or I have gotten away with this. I think that in their mind they cooperate mm-hmm. because they yes. think they've gotten away with it. And if I don't cooperate, it'll look bad. Right. And uh, lies may be good at the time, but you forget what lie you've told, and that tends to trip a lot of these people up. Absolutely. What we found was... As they, the years rolled on, they used it more and more to harm physically and emotionally people in their lives to make them do it, multiple marriages or relationships, and they make uh, more and more talk about it. They have children that are born that hear the stories too, and there'll be witnesses against them. You just, and, and these days they'd call it the deep dive. You just get into that thing and you'd see who the relationships were. You'd go down there and go and start talking to them. Like I said, it's time on contact with those people and they'll tell you everything they know. Well, I know in this case, uh, we went, traveled to Florida, of course, and arrested uh, Mr. Gilly. Uh, we traveled to Kansas City, uh, Missouri. Seattle. Uh, a trip that I didn't go on. You went out to Seattle, Washington. In other cases, we've been to Georgia, Wyoming. New, New Mexico. New Mexico. Y'all Pr- have been to California. Practically lived in uh, Kentucky and uh, West Virginia. But, but, but in saying that, and here's, here's what some people have an idea of. They think, okay, you guys are just traveling around. And as you know, being there, when we traveled, we interviewed, we worked. It wasn't going out there and sightseeing, and, and that's where you have to have the support of, of your administration. And, and, and again, we, we were very blessed and fortunate for that. Well, one thing uh, that – another thing I learned, in a case where a homicide occurs and in the initial investigation, sometimes there is some contact with the prosecutor's office but typically when the case is new and the homicide is being worked in those initial days afterwards there's not as much contact with with the district attorney's office but in a cold case the contact between detectives and the district attorney's office paid big dividends because we had the time to digest what was going on, plan what our next step would be in building the case. So that's that's something we learned out of out of doing this also. Yes. That cooperation is needed. I'm really happy to see you guys again and I appreciate Paul asking me to come back. It's hard to believe I've been gone from the DA's office almost eight years right. and Bill, you've been three gone years, three, three years. years and Dan, you're still plugging away. Paul retired uh, last year, so we're starting to get a little older. I don't know if y'all feel it. <laughs> Not me. me. do. <laughs> but it's been a pleasure. I wish we had more time, but I'm so glad to get to see you. And I thank and both of you, and I thank, thank everybody for getting us together again. All Best right. prosecutors ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Thank you, yes, sir. Today marks the 100th episode of the monthly District Attorney Show, heard exclusively on News Radio WGNS the first Friday of each month.
A winter weather advisory is in effect for the forecast area. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high in the low 30s. Tonight, decreasing clouds alone near 18. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 28. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As we end our program today, we thank WGNS for providing the airtime. And we thank our producer, Scott Walker. We also want to thank our three very special guests. First, retired cold case detective, Major Bill Sharp. And from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, Sergeant Dan Goodwin. And a very special thanks to my former co-host, and a co-creator of this program, retired District Attorney General William C. Weitzel, Jr. Thanks to all three of you for your outstanding service to this community. Our next scheduled broadcast is Friday morning, March the 4th at 8.10 a.m. on your good neighbor station, WGNS. We leave by saying, a safe community is the responsibility of each and every one of us. For my co-host, Jennings Jones, this is Paul Newman, bidding all of you a safe and blessed day. The District Attorney's Office thanks you for listening to today's program. If you have any information regarding criminal activity in our community, please contact one of our law enforcement agencies. The information presented on today's show is solely for informational benefit and not intended to be legal advice. You should always consult an attorney whenever you need or rely on legal advice. Rutherford County's most trusted name in news. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro.